Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's sports yeah. Sports yeah. It's sports yeah. And away we go with episode 293 of the Sports Yak Podcast. Oh, you mean the Kent Herbick episode? Oh, uh, K-H. Spell Herbick for me, will you? Herbick? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you're not saying Herb Tarlick. You're saying no, Kent Herbick. Uh, H-E-R-B-I-C-H-R-B-E-K. Oh. Former first baseman for the Minnesota Twins. Not only is the E silent, it's not there. Exactly. <laughs> that That is why it is silent. <laughs> Kent Herbeck hit 293 home runs in his career. All those years spent with the Minnesota Twins. Never had more than 34 homers in a year. I believe that was 1987 when the Twins won the series. But uh, he had 13 straight years of double-digit home runs. So very consistent in his time as the first baseman, considered a leader on those Twins teams. He's Kent Herbeck. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! I keep an eye on my son's social media uh, activities, mm-hmm. and I always find it fascinating what he decides to either retweet or put on Instagram. Uh, he was very excited about Zach Levine uh, in oh, the I All-Stars and Zion Williamson. And then he, he shot out a Tiger Woods update yesterday, and I was like, hmm. And it's just the, I think it's the appeal of this superstar athlete that everybody knows. Yes. You kind of turn your head and go, oh, Tiger was in a car wreck. Well... And for for a hot moment or two, you know, you kind of wonder, my goodness, have we lost Kobe and Tiger in back-to-back years? Fortunately, Tiger Woods survived this auto accident, even though, my goodness, the injuries that he suffered, uh, the description of these fractures <laughs> just makes my skin crawl. Uh, I'll tell you that straight up because it is... First of all, I had to familiarize myself with the word comminuted. Uh, a comminuted fracture means that it is it is not a clean break. It is splintered and it is in multiple places. So you can only imagine the impact that was suffered 
in this rollover auto accident that happened out in Southern California yesterday morning. So he has comminuted open fractures, open meaning the fracture came through the skin of the right leg. Uh, a rod placed in both his tibia and fibia with screws and pins in his right foot and ankle. Now, uh, we were originally led to believe that it could be both legs. It sounds like it's only one leg that was broken, but the way it was broken, um, that's a that's a severe, severe injury. That said, he's alive and uh, he's awake and conscious. And there is nothing that we have seen from the police report that would indicate that he was driving in any kind of impaired sense with either drugs or alcohol. So that's good sign. You know, it's unfortunate is because of his past. I immediately thought that it's it's a fair question to ask because of his past. Even if he didn't have that past, a one car accident in non icy or slippery conditions begs the question, what happened? Now, could have been texting while driving. We don't know. And and honestly, does it it matters to an extent, but it really doesn't matter. Yeah. What matters is you got this father of two who needs to be able to make a recovery so that he can live a life and help take care of his kids. Now, obviously, Tiger has made enough money where financially his kids will be taken care of. But, you know, kids need dads. Yeah, the role of dad is still important. Kids want dad to be there and to be okay and to be able to do things with them. And so now the question is, of course, you know, we know that physically he's going to live – your definition of fine can vary, but he's going to live. And he will likely walk again, might require assistance for a while, but likely will walk again. Now the question turns to more of the sports angle. Mm-hmm. Will he ever play golf again? Will he ever compete again? Will he ever compete at a high level again? And the only thing that we have to put this up against is a fellow by the name of Ben Hogan. Now, Ben Hogan was one of the great golfers of the 40s and 50s. And in 1949, he is involved in a violent car wreck down in El Paso, Texas. A Greyhound bus smashes into his Cadillac. He's driving with his wife. Hogan wound up with a broken collarbone, fractured ribs, broken ankle, Double fracture to the pelvis and left leg contusions. It also required the jaws of life or whatever they had at that time to extract him from the wreckage. Took about an hour, as it did with Tiger. And Hogan had to sit out the 1949 season, but comes back and wins six majors after that accident with the double fracture to the pelvis. Now, am I saying Tiger's going to turn around and win six majors? No, because Hogan was 36, and I don't think there were as many good golfers then as there is now. Tiger's 45, already has a history of major back problems, and 
honestly, there are more good golfers around right now than there were back when Hogan played. So to expect the same kind of performance out of Tiger as we got from Ben Hogan 70 years ago, probably not the thing to expect. On the other hand, we've obviously made medical advances in the last 70 years. And so perhaps they can do some things to help them out. But as one who has had a son with rods and erector sets put into their legs, let me tell you, it's not a fun experience for the first year. Okay. Sure, more will come to light as the story unfolds. Right. And and I think the key thing for everybody to remember, don't jump to conclusions, which unfortunately in this world of social media, we have lots of people who are really good at doing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's segue into basketball. We had some college basketball last night right in our backyard with Notre Dame. Yeah, they're uh, this just in. They're not good. And I am starting to hear rumors uh, that Mike Bray and the university might kind of come to an agreement. Even though he's got a contact to 2025, then I think this might be the swan song. They have not been to an NCAA tournament since 2017. So that's four years now that you don't go to an – and I realize, well, last year nobody got to go to an NCAA tournament, Chuck, and, you know, so you can't hold that against – okay, I, I got you, fair and square. But 2018, 2019, they were not – in contention for the NCAA tournament. They really weren't much in contention for it last year, and they're certainly not this year. They're 9-12. and 12. They never led in the game with Louisville last night, and not only did they never lead, never really got much closer than maybe nine points. I think it might have been 59-54 at one point in the second half. But they never really made a run. They never really made you believe that they were going to actually challenge Louisville in any way. Bray says after the game, he goes, look, he goes, we got to have seven guys playing well in order to beat a team like Louisville. Well, Louisville, they're in the upper half of the Atlantic Coast Conference, but they're not a ranked team. I mean, we're not talking about competing against a top 25 team here. And so if, if Notre Dame is at such a point where you've got to have seven guys playing their best game to beat a team like Louisville, how are you ever going to be competitive in an NCAA tournament situation? And I understand that basketball is a game of matchups. Maybe you don't match up with Louisville the way you match up with somebody who is in the top 25. Fact of the matter is, Notre Dame's sitting here at 9-12, and 12, and there is... No buzz in this town about Notre Dame basketball. There's no excitement in this town. I understand the pandemic would hold down crowds anyway. Yeah, but it hasn't been that but way think, for a while. But think back to the crowds of the last couple of years when fans could go to the games. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to do something on Friday. Uh, just for fun, just for our little podcast audience, for you and I, give me three names. Three names on Friday who you would consider is a good fit for the University of Notre Dame. Oh, boy. Okay. Because it's, you know, could that be a a spotlight job? Could it be somebody that comes in and does a decade, 20 years, you know? 
we can look at that. Remember, it's all speculation right now. Sure. It, Just it's for all fun. speculation. Just you and I As talking As of now, fun. Mike Bray is the coach at Notre Dame, and he has a contract till 2025. Doesn't mean that there won't be some backroom conversations. Now, a lot of people were upset with Tom Izzo a couple weeks ago. Michigan State felt like they were going nowhere. Then they beat Indiana over the weekend, and last night, Sparty beat number five Illinois by a count of 81-72. Here's the difference between Notre Dame and Michigan State, at least based on the games last night. In the in the game stories that you read and the quotes that you see, Tom Izzo talked about how his team fought and scrapped. I didn't see anything like that out of Mike Bray from about his team. And I'm not saying Mike Bray should have said that about his team. I'm just saying that... You can't say what didn't happen. Right. Well, you, <laughs> you, you can, but don't lie. And at least, you know, Mike's not lying. Sparty played with a sense of urgency last night. They attacked the basket. That was even said by the opposition. When the opposition sees that from you, it means that they respect the effort that you put forth last night. And Michigan State played like a team that said, this might be our last chance to make the NCAA tournament, to beat a team the quality of Illinois. We need to come out here and play. And they did. They defended their home floor. They beat a good Illinois team, a number five in the nation Illinois team, 81-72. And so... Even though Tom Izzo's team has struggled, and, and we said on this program as recently as a week ago, they're not as tough as they once were. I think there were enough people saying that that kind of got in the ears of the Spartans, and they and they kind of bowed their necks a little bit and, and puffed out their chest and said, oh, yeah, you think that about us? And they went out and did something. And I have not seen that same kind of reaction from Notre Dame. Now, maybe Notre Dame's just not good enough to put forth that kind of reaction. I don't know. But if they're not, that's a recruiting failure. And that falls on the desk of the head coach as well. So, those two things said, now we get to the enigma, the conundrum that is Archie Miller and the Hoosiers. And tonight, they go on the road, which is not usually good news in the Big Ten, and they play Rutgers, a team that already beat them at Assembly Hall in Bloomington, and a team that, quite frankly, defends its home court very well. So, can Archie Miller's team get a much-needed Big Ten win tonight at Rutgers? It's an 8 o'clock tip-off. You can hear Don Fisher's call on 103.1 FM here in the area. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Hoosiers going into this game. How about you? Like you said, it's a conundrum. It's a riddle wrapped in an enigma. I mean, you honestly... I think even the diehard Indiana fans scratch they, their head. They don't. They have no idea what to expect from this team on a game-to-game basis. Mm-hmm. This is a team that has gone in and won at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. They're the only team to win at Iowa this year. So they're capable of doing that kind of stuff, and they're also capable of turning around and spitting the bit on their home court, as they already have done with this Rutgers team. So 
I mean, if you can predict what you're going to see out of Indiana tonight, God bless you. You should also be picking lottery numbers. But well, hey, they're they're well, twelve and ten right now, and a loss at Rutgers tonight, I think, probably knocks them out of the NCAA field for the time being. While we're talking about Indiana, I saw this uh, tweet yesterday, and my fourteen year old saw it for the first time, which is amazing to see his reaction to this. But where were you at in the world when Bobby Knight threw the chair? Oh, okay. Uh, that was 35 years ago, so 1986, and I was a um, student at Notre Dame, and I don't think I actually saw the game and saw him do it when he did it. Mm-hmm. Of course, saw the highlights on the news uh, that night, Yeah, but uh, I, I know people uh, that were there, uh, Steve, Steve Reed who uh, played at Warsaw and then at Purdue, um, he was on the court. I think he was the guy shooting the free throws when Knight threw the chair. So, you know, he can tell you some interesting stories about that. And tonight's, tonight's credit, he wound up making some humor out of it and some good stories later on down the road telling the story about he saw this woman across the court elderly woman had no place to sit down was looking around so he decided he'd toss a chair over there so the ushers could you know and and tried to make some fun of it but unfortunately we've seen high school coaches do that same thing here in 2021 and it's not funny and it and the fact that times have changed so much. I mean, okay, Knight does that in, what, 85 or 86, and he still coached at IU for another long time, another 15 years. I was going to say decade and a half, yeah. right? You do that today. That's your last night right there? More than likely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, could Krzyzewski get away with that at Duke? I don't know in today's climate if he could. Could Bayheim get away with that at Syracuse? He's gotten away with a lot of stuff. I don't know if he, he could survive that. Bobby gets slapped with a fine back then? I think the conference might have given him a fine or something like that. Obviously, he was ejected from the game. But mm. it, it's, such, it's such a different era. So, yes, we go back and we look at that and... People like your 14-year-old are like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, somebody actually did that. It's like wrestling. Right. <laughs> um, there, There's a segment of the IU fandom that that endeared Knight even more to them. Yeah. So, but it, it's such a different era. In some ways good, in some ways bad, obviously, as change happens. But I just I can't picture any coach today being able to get away with that. Hmm. Okay, there there might be a couple, but uh, I mean, let's face it, Archie certainly couldn't. I mean, there there's a segment of the population in Indiana is just looking for a time to get rid of Archie, and if Archie did that, even as an homage to Bob Knight, I don't think it would be taken that way. 
As we inch closer to the end of the regular season for high school basketball, Chuck's getting prepped for a game on Friday night, but there was a couple games last night. Yeah, quite a few. Uh, Marion, let, let's first of all look at the new poll that is out. Uh, Adams has climbed to number five. Now, they did not play last night. They'll wrap up their season Friday against New Prairie. Marion did play. They're ranked number three in Class 3A, and they absolutely smashed Michigan City 77-51. So the Knights are now 17-3 on the year. Marion just playing so well offensively and defensively right now. Rich Brooks had 26. Declan Sullivan had 20 last night. The other side of the coin is Michigan City, which started out game busters. I think Tom Wells' team was 8-1 and one at one point. Jamie Hodges got hurt, and Jamie Hodges didn't play badly last night. He had 15 points, but Michigan City has not been the same since the Hodges injury, and they just look completely out of kilter in the games that they've played against our local teams here, whether it be Riley or Marion or Adams. They just haven't been as competitive as you would expect. Now, here's a little piece of news that's happened since the last yak. You'll remember we were going through the sectionals on Monday, and we talked about the sectional at Plymouth. Well, the the principals and the ADs of the seven schools in that sectional got together, and they said, Marshall County has a 25% limitation on crowds right now that can be at games. And Plymouth's arena seats about 4,000, so that would be 1,000 at the game. Um, LaPorte County... They've got the Michigan City gym, which seats about 8,000, so you can put 2,000 at a game. So they decided to move that sectional up to Michigan City to allow more fans to attend and, and in essence, hopefully to make more money at the gate uh, with that sectional. So with Michigan City playing at home, will that put them in their comfort zone a little bit? give them uh, a little bit better feeling as they take on Culver Academy on Tuesday night, and then if they win that, playing Riley on Friday? I don't know. But Marion continues to look good. Of course, Marion would be on a collision course in its sectional with St. Joe. St. Joe is ranked number six in this week's poll. J.R. Kinesny had 25 last night. Indians buried Plymouth. Plymouth having its most miserable season in recent memory. They've only won two games. They play Penn tonight. And St. Joe wins that one, 85-35. The notable developments last night in terms of conference races, Westview surprisingly lost in overtime to Fremont, 72-70. That means Westview has to share the Northeast Corner Conference Championship now with Central Noble. Warriors could have had it outright had they won that game. And Rochester, a team that... I don't know that we've even mentioned them on the yak, but you go and you look up the records and you find that the Zebras are 15-1, and one, and they are the outright champions of the Three Rivers Conference. So Rochester having a really good year and will be the favorite in the sectional that they play uh, here next week down in Class 2A. Went and I looked up the best records of our area, Corey, this morning. Okay. Adams is 20-1. and one. No surprise. We've talked about Chad Johnston's team all year. Rochester is 15 and 1. Marion would be next at 17 and 3. John Glenn, which beat Concord last night, 42 32. Travis Hanna's team is 18 and 4. They have the misfortune of being in the same sectional as Marion and St. Joe. 
and in the games that they've played against Marion and St. Joe this year, hasn't really gone that well. So we'll see if they can make some changes. Northridge is 17-4. and They hammered Bowman Academy last night. I think the final was 74-51. Valparaiso, the kings of the Duneland Conference, 17-4. Then you've got St. Joe at 16-4 and and Argus at 16-4. and Argus is coached by Gordon Mawson, who I think is just two years younger than Moses. And he has done uh, an incredible job down there with that program. Now, they're in a tough sectional with Triton, but they did beat Triton last Saturday night, and so I think they would be considered the favorite in the 1A sectional there. Up in Michigan, New Buffalo, 5-0. Bison, romping right now. They're roaming free throughout southwest Michigan. They beat Michigan Lutheran 68-49. Your boys up Lakeshore, mauled Matawan last night, 52-36. Remember Kaiser Gonderzak, who played at Benton Harbor? Girl, terrific girls player. She's now at West Virginia. I kind of remember the name. Her yeah. brother plays for Lakeshore. Oh. And good player. Had a good game last night. I think he had 18 points. And so Lakeshore gets ready for that showdown game with a little team called St. Joseph. Is that a rivalry up there? Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, a little bit. That one's Friday night. So people looking forward to the hardwood war on the shore up there. Uh, Sturgis beat Niles last night. The big news out of Niles came on the girls' basketball court. They've got a girl by the name of Alexis Rouch last night that in the game with Sturgis, 28 points, 17 rebounds, 10 steals, and Niles' girls are 5-0 and now as we have this compacted season up in Michigan. It, it does kind of make it fun in the fact that we have games being played just about every night so the teams can get their games in on the schedule. By the way, up in Michigan, Benton Harbor, despite Scooby Johnson going to Butler and graduating, uh, Corey Sterling's team is ranked number three in Division II. They've got another entertaining ball club to watch up there at the Farnham Gymnasium. You ever been to Farnham? It's been a long time. Man, they've had some fun teams to watch up there over the years, and, and this is another one of them. So... The basketball beat rolls on. Enjoy it while you can because, boy, it's going to simmer down here in Indiana in a couple of weeks. Even though we get Hoosier hysteria, the number of teams we'll have to talk about will dwindle severely. Usually this time of year, we've already talked about the All-Star game, but because of the way the season's played out, uh, voting has been has it been tallied. All right. So for the Eastern Conference, your starters in the All-Star game are going to be Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bradley Beal of Washington, Joel Embiid of Philadelphia, and Kyrie Irving from Brooklyn. Your Eastern Conference reserves, you've got Jalen Brown from the Celtics, along with James Harden from Brooklyn, Zach Levine from the Bulls, Julius Randle from the Knicks, Ben Simmons from the 76ers, Jason Tatum from the Celtics, and Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic, Doc Rivers will be the Eastern coach. Now, for your Western Conference, you've got LeBron, of course, Steph Curry from Golden State, Luka Doncic from Dallas, Nikola Jokic from Denver, and Kawhi Leonard from the Clippers. Those are your starters. And then Anthony Davis of the Lakers, Paul George of the Clippers, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz, Dame Lillard from Portland, Chris Paul from Phoenix, and Zion Williamson from the Pelicans. 
There was a little bit of stink in the Western Conference that Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns didn't make it. His head coach, Monty Williams, former intern of mine, lobbying heavily for uh, Devin Booker. And I guess if you're going to put Devin Booker on the team, you were going to take away Rudy Gobert, but that takes away a little bit of size. So you're trying to you're trying to make sure the big men are represented as much as the guards are and things like that. What about the young man from the Grizzlies that was supposed to be a superstar? John Morant, not having that kind of year this year. Not having a year? Quite frankly. Okay. And and the Grizzlies have struggled. But again, you're basically limited to a 12-man roster. So Who's the coach for the West? Oh, the coach for the West? Uh, let's see. That is going to be Quinn Snyder, the head coach of the Utah Jazz, as they have the best record in the NBA in the West. Okay. So, Zach Levine making the Eastern Conference roster, uh, that's a big deal. Now, the, I know some Pacers fans upset. DeMonta Sabonis didn't make it. Malcolm Brogdon didn't make it. Again, you're, you're limited to 12-man rosters. Not everybody can be an all-star. So, and there, obviously there's controversy this year as to whether this game should even be played. But it sounds like it will be played down in Atlanta and the one thing that they're going to do is, at the end of the third quarter, whatever your score is, plus 24 of the leading team score is what you have to get to to win the game. And the reason they're doing that is to honor Kobe with the number 24. So let's say uh, the West leads the East 100-99 to after three quarters. We're playing to 124. Okay. Hockey last night, the Blackhawks, big saves from Kevin Lankinen in both the overtime and the shootout. They beat Columbus 6-5. Do you realize the Blackhawks are four above 500? Do you realize that they're one of the top teams in their conference right now? Now, the thing going for the Blackhawks is they've played more games than most of the teams in their conference because of the whole COVID thing and everything, but still... They've actually been entertaining to watch. Uh, the uh, The rookie, Pia Suter, is good. Lankinen's a rookie. He's been pretty good between the pipes. He has eight of the ten wins for the Blackhawks this year. Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinkin. It's not a bad team to watch. You do wonder if and when they'll get Jonathan Taze back this year. Remember, Taze is sitting with this mysterious illness that we've been told isn't COVID, but you do wonder what's what's troubling the captain, and it would be nice to see him back out there, but right now the chemistry on this team is good. Nashville beat Detroit last night 2 nothing. We've said it before on this program. We will say it again. When it comes to hockey, Detroit stinks. <laughs> but for some reason in my mind, I'm stuck with when they were good. I keep because thinking they, about when they were good. Because they were. They had Iserman and, and all, those, all those great players, Fedorov, and when was that? Um, that was in the late 90s, early 2000s. I'm really stuck in a time warp. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. My DeLorean's got a flat tire. So, overrated, underrated. Did you bring anything to the table today? Because I've got a couple. I apologize. I brought nothing, hoping you would. Okay, I have three. Oh, boy. We're going we're gonna to progress through time here. So we'll go with the old people special first because some of you might need to, you know, get your soft food or go to bed. 
Aretha Franklin? Ah, oh, boy. Amazing body of work. Legend. Iconic. A diva to the full. Overrated. Why? Um, A little more credit than she probably deserved. Like, when you listen to her, I mean, was she, you know, I, I think of uh, Whitney Houston being Jordan. I think Aretha was a little bit more of Bill Russell. Well, there's nothing wrong with being Bill Russell. You'd be a champion 13 times then. But he's not Jordan in my head. Okay, in your head. I'm going to say underrated, and here's why. Okay. Length of career. The ability to transcend generations in her career. Uh, the ability to reconstruct herself. The ability to make songs that other people did sound better when you did them. <laughs> For example. Um, oh, my goodness. I heard one just the other day. I was going to say, you had to, you had to have some sort of... Uh reference point there you heard I, it and you're like this is better than the original yeah i wonder what that was i i wish i could tell you right now and the other thing is being a black woman back when she started her career mm -hmm. not the easiest path to go in order to achieve stardom and unlike diana ross and the supremes where let's face it their physical attractiveness helped as well Aretha didn't necessarily have that going for, and yet still able to perform. I would also say the ability to cross genres. You know, she could perform gospel. She could perform rock. I'll give you that. Um, I, I would go underrated. I will say R&B, gospel, and mainstream. Yes. Rock. Yeah, rock's pro probably not the word. More like pop. Yeah. But if you're doing like an early classic hits, you have to have respect on your station. Yes. You have to have um, uh, Chain of Fools. You have to have, and you know. later on, Pink Cadillac. If you're doing an huge. 80s station, you got to do Pink Cadillac, uh, Freeway of Love. Mm -hmm. uh, who's Zooming Who? Yeah. Which, you know, think of the prescience of that because today everybody asks, Who's zooming who? Why has that not been redone for 2021? People aren't thinking. Or is the, pandem the pandemic has played with their head. <laughs> or as Letterman called it on a talk show yesterday, the Zoomer. The Zoomer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've done them or not, so I'll throw this out here, and then if we have, you'll edit it out. The Who. Ooh, my boy, Chris Hauser loves The Who. I will say uh, underrated immediately i don't even want to argue with him why um i think when you talk about classic rock and the foundation that's set for rock and roll music i think sometimes they get left out of the conversation i would agree i think people immediately open their mouth and say led zeppelin which uh, i think is terribly over uh the beatles the rolling stones i think the who needs to be in that conversation i'm gonna go underrated i'll go I'll I'll go right where they are, right down the middle. Okay. Um, I think a, a lot of people do give them the proper respect, but they've earned that respect. And certainly as far as the British invasion was concerned, yes, 
the Beatles led the way and the Stones, but the Who churned out tons of hits yes. during that time. And I think a lot of people do appreciate what they brought to the table. The last one I have for you. We'll bring it up currently for the kids. Here we go. Ed Sheeran. Where's he been lately? I just feel like he's kind of been off the radar a little bit. I agree. I watched a documentary with him making a record and just the process of how a superstar does what they have to do these days with a a group of people to write a song. Not just It's not just him. Right. I mean, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. There was a fascinating moment where him and his kind of go-to guy were on a uh, vacation cruise, and the cruise line gave them a floor. And they set up their, you know, what you and I kind of set in front of. That's what people are doing now. Right. And that's how they wrote for a week with their computer and their little setup and their speakers. And, I mean, I've never seen them live. I've seen stuff video on and online. Uh, you know, the guy can write a hit song. Yes, he, he can. He can write a hit song. And I think he can cross genres as well. Yeah, he'll find himself on other um, formats. The, um, what was the song that he did with, with Placido Domingo? Yeah, I don't know that stuff. But, you know, the fact that he the fact that he was willing to reach out mm-hmm. and and do that and work with artists kind of outside his norm. I mean, Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift, okay, you can you can kind of expect that. Right. You can kind of predict that. Ed Sheeran and Placido Domingo and made it work. Are you sure it's not Placido? Yes. All right. You ever seen the movie uh, Yesterday where everyone forgets Beatles music except oh, for yeah. one guy? Mm-hmm. I thought he was pretty good in that. Yes. Being that he was who he, I mean, he was playing himself, but right. just, you know, this hit maker, and all of a sudden this guy is coming up with these amazing songs. I will say down the middle right now. I'll agree with you on that. Down the middle. It, it's always tough with the current artists mm-hmm. because you don't know what's going to unfold over the next 15 to 20 years. But when people go back and listen to Sportjack episode 293, they'll say, yeah, those guys gave it some thought. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Friday's episode because we're going to do some sports yak speculation. We're just having fun. A massive grain of salt. Chuck will concoct. Having fun with somebody else's job. He will concoct a list of... You know who we should get on the phone. Three in it for uh, Friday. Uh, I, I that, that feels like a good... I, I bet you he'd have an opinion. Well, he'd probably just tell us to shut up. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he would. I don't think he wants any part of that conversation. You ought to let's not name his name, but reach out to him and ask him. I if think he'd like, you should reach out to him. All right, I will. I'll tell him what I'm having you do and see if he'd like to either respond or participate. I'm sure the answer will be no, and it may be pre- preceded by an an expletive. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun little thing right there. Uh, yeah, here it comes. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. You're on uh, Twitter, right? At 46 Sports. Me too, at my name is Corey. Until next time, Yak fans. Oogaluga, can't Herbic. The E is silent. Can I buy a vowel? We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's 
American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20.